Hi, my name is Bridget, and I am a compulsive overeater. I'm about three and a half years in the program, 115 pounds released. And, uh, you know, I started during COVID, which was interesting because my whole experience until recently with OA has been via Zoom. So um, with with a few phonemes thrown in. And... uh, I'm reviewing my steps going back because I'm I'm working my sponsees through steps one, two, and three, and I'm I really go back and I think I've always been a compulsive overeater. My uh, earliest memory is walking to the corner liquor store with my grandfather so he could get his beer. He'd bribe me with candy, come home, hide the beer, you know. But of course, he got drunk and my Grandma and my mom knew that he had beer, so then they would bribe me with candy to uh, show them where the beer was. And, you know, I, I would only rat them out for half, trying to make both sides happy. And, you know, that's some of my earliest memories in, in learning growing up in an alcoholic home and, you know, realizing that there's probably other members of my family who had food issues, but in different ways. Uh but food as reward was instilled very early on. As a child, I was, I've always felt inadequate because I was always a head taller than everybody else. You know, I had that good old German and Dutch French stock in me, but my mom was a German model. She was beautiful. My dad was good looking, you know, and, you know, I just never felt I measured up. She tried me in the pa- the pageant route and I was just, I just never excelled at that. And, you know, it just feeling so inadequate because I was just so big, but I I don't think I was fat, and so it was really hard though getting my mind because you know my mom said oh you just need to lose weight. She was so obsessed. She took me to Weight Watchers when I was eight. If I had twenty or twenty five pounds to lose at that point, you know that was probably it. But I don't think I ever got to goal. I had to take my lunch to school, and I always felt different, and I always wanted the other food that other people had. I loved sugar. And, um, you know, you know, but that, that kind of started a diet mentality at the age of eight. I, am, I just turned 59, just as reference. And some, I, I can honestly say I have lost and gained and actually gained loss and gained about a thousand pounds on, you know, program. That's something my my sponsor works with me constantly is to overcome that diet mentality because OA isn't a diet club or you know a diet program. It's a spiritual program, you know, that helps us reconnect with our higher power and help us overcome this compulsion that we have, this allergy to to food. And, you know, this disease that's trying to kill me, you know. I know I I was lonely as a kid, alone a lot, had a lot of repressed anger. Um, Spiritually, I was raised Catholic. It gave me a solid foundation of faith, but I was also kind of a snarky kid. My mom and dad got divorced when I was 10. And, you know, I went through the confirmation in, in in the Catholic Church because she made a promise to God, and that was something. It's like, and I'm sitting there going, you got divorced. What? <laughs> it's like, you made a promise to God, too. How come I have to keep my promise to God? And 
while I walked away from the church, I really never walked away from God per se. I learned how to pray, but my prayers were always very self-serving, you know, from a young age. Um, after I got in program, because I, I said, I have a strong spiritual foundation, and they're going, well, why do you have such a problem with food if this is a spiritual program? I said, my problem isn't the spirituality of it. My problem is food's my higher power. I was the one in the church pews praying, God, you know, take this away from me. You know, I, you know, make me thin. Please make me thin. And my very next thought would be, hmm, where can I go for XYZ food? You know, it's really kind of sad if I think when I think back on it, you know. That uh, I was always focused on people liking me and wanting to be liked. And I got myself in a situation when I was 17 where I was date raped. And then I went the other way. I stopped eating. And I went probably anorexic. If I ate, you know, a 35-calorie yogurt a day, you know, that was too much. And I I dropped a lot of weight to where I was even thinner than my mom and fit better in her clothes than she she did. And I still thought I was fat. And my mom's whole thing was, oh, now you need to get toned. You need to still exercise. You know, and I'm going, okay, nothing's good enough. I'm not good enough. So, and I did find myself a boyfriend during that time, and um, he ended up kind of being an extension of my mom again. Nothing I did was right. It was very uh, mentally abusive. And, you know, four years later, I instinctively, I, I knew I was not where I should be emotionally or grown up. And I did a lot of therapy. And, I, and that was the 80s. There was like lots of self-help groups. And I tried everything. And I was still doing all the diets, you know. And my weight would go up and down, you know. And my success was not on what I could or couldn't do. My success was on how I looked. And, you know, but through therapy, I got to a point where I was feeling good about myself. And God, God, God never left me. My higher power is God. God never left me. And even through my disease and my trying to figure things out, I was blessed. And he did put in my life a wonderful man, my husband. Um, and a shout out to him because I'd forgotten about this, that I made this commitment tonight. And when I was reminded, we had made other plans to go to church for Thanksgiving Eve service. And he took the boys and said, you do this. And I'm so grateful that he was doing that tonight. And I get to do this. So thank you. Um, shout out to him. So, but, you know, he loved me for who I was. And my weight didn't matter. And, well, we enjoyed ourselves. The weight crept up. You know, we were both fairly heavy at certain times. And, you know, I was in my high 200s uh, when I got pregnant with my first child. And I remember, I was in Weight Watchers at the time, and I wasn't happy that I was pregnant. I was happy because I could quit Weight Watchers and have a legitimate reason for eating for two people. And I think that's when I really succumbed to my disease. And my oldest is now 22 years, and I learned to shut down my emotions, stop crying, stop feeling. I tried to keep things middle of the road. My highest weight was 370, actually 382 pounds. My lowest was 311 during that time, and I vacillated between those two. I, I mean, 
I thought I could eat normal, and as long as I could act normal, I could be normal, and, you know, and I just kept trying to prove to people that I could do it, you know. I tried to be superwoman. I worked full-time, raised the kids, took care of my husband. I was involved in the PTA leading committees, volunteered as room mom, mostly out of guilt because I was working and couldn't focus on raising my kids. I taught Sunday school, led the Cub Scouts, anything else because, well, it needed to be done and no one else could do it. Um, when I came to OA, I actually uh, gotten, you know, I got into a meeting where we studied the 12 and 12, and there's a story I relate to where a woman did everything at her OA meeting, and eventually people stopped coming. And it, re- it took that for me to realize that I was pushing people away when all I really wanted was to have them closer. Um, so what got me here really in the rooms, again, I was, this was three and a half, well, Actually, four years ago now, it took me a little bit longer. Uh, my mom had dementia. I was I hated her. I was so angry because I had to take care of her too now on top of my family. Uh, both my oldest son is uh, high-functioning autistic. My youngest son also has developmental issues. Um, just trying to keep the family going, you know, working, being the breadwinner. Um, I was out of control. And I was angry and resentful. And honestly, those are the only two emotions I think I could even recognize at that point in time. Um, And I went to a therapist and I was like, wait, I can't do this. Oh, no, yeah, I had bone-on-bone arthritis. I keep forgetting about this part. See, this is a disease of forgetting. And I forget the good stuff because I was so obese that my, my body was starting to give out and arthritis, and my, I couldn't walk. I was almost wheelchair-bound. I mean, I could hobble. I could barely make it to the bathroom, and oftentimes I didn't and because I, I couldn't move. And my pain was a solid eight. So I went into the doctor, and he told me that, I, you know, the only cure for you is surgery, and I can't do the surgery because of the complications because you're morbidly obese. And here's a pamphlet for gastric bypass. That's when I went into therapy. It wasn't that there's anything wrong with gastric bypass. It's just I knew I couldn't do it. I would be one of the ones who would eat over the surgery. I just instinctively knew it. I mean, if I I promptly gained 20 pounds after that doctor visit, how could I go into a program and lose weight? So my therapist told me, go to an OA meeting and then report back to me. My first OA meeting was this beautiful Zoom meeting uh, that's affectionately nicknamed Pizza Box, Thursday nights on the uh, OAOCI uh, website. And these people were happy. They're a bit irreverent. It's, it's not a uh, typical meeting, but they, were, they, were, they showed serenity, happiness, joy, and they were skinny. So I go tell my therapist, it's like, oh, my gosh, I know what I'm doing in these rooms. But I don't know because they're telling my story, but I don't know what they're doing. And my therapist smiled. and She says, go, go back, listen to what they say, and tell you what to do. And I heard, go get a sponsor and follow directions. And so it was like, oh, my gosh, now what? So I went back, and I heard the same, the same people were there. and. Um, they were saying similar things. I was getting, and so I started, I took a list with numbers 
and I, it was so funny in my mind. I was like, okay, that person's going to be like that. So I was kind of sponsor shopping. Ironically, I, I picked the one to call first that I just wanted, okay, he's lost a lot of weight. He was in a wheelchair. Maybe I can get the, the food program out of him, and I'll just do the food. We talked, and I mean, I'm crying on the phone. It's 4.30 on July 13th, what I call my Independence Day, 2020. And we're talking, and he's talking, and, you know, I'm trying to ask him about the food, and he's talking about this spiritual program. And I'm going, yeah, I'm spiritual. Okay, what about the food? And he's telling me his, you know, yeah, I used to do this, and yeah, I used to do that. And going, and I totally identified. And, and out of the blue, he says, Bridget, I just want a yes or no to this question. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to rid yourself of this obsession? And it stunned me because that was certainly wasn't expecting. I knew what he was asking me. And at that point, it was like I literally, those old cartoons where, you know, you got the angel pop up on one shoulder and the devil pop up on the other shoulder. And they're arguing with each other, you know. And I literally had that happen. It was like so weird because I had the devil on one shoulder going, if you say yes, you will never have chocolate cake again. And the angel going, if you don't, if you say no, you will die. And that was going on in my head. And God bless him because he stayed silent. Night and I said, um, and just a sec and hold on. And I felt like this war was going on inside of me. And I finally said yes. And at that moment, I felt like something changed, like a bell went off. I'd surrender, and it was sudden, immediate, and wonderful. I could hear my heart. At that moment, I had peace because I surrendered the food, and it was no longer my master. My sponsor gave me this long list of things I needed to do, and I followed his directions. I committed to a food plan. I detail that to him daily. I surrender to my higher power. I meditate. I God. Um, and it's allowed me to get closer and more spiritual and a better understanding of where God wants me to be. I read the big book every day. I write. I go to four meetings a week. I make three outreach calls a day. I receive more, and I pray different. I pray for God to make his will known to me instead of listing my wants. A while ago, I kind of I, you know, looked at it, but my disease and my higher power still are at war. My disease still lives in me. It's not gone away. I am still a compulsive overeater. You know, I'd say my disease lives in my head because I got stinking thinking, and God lives in my heart. And so as long as I have, you know, can follow the will of my higher power, it keeps my disease from thinking. My heart has a voice. I listen to it. And then the miracles and promises started happening. So that was five minutes reminder. You are awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Timer. Uh, I, I found great support. So I you know, obviously did the program and, and the weight started falling off, but I was really working the program and my orthopedic surgeon saw the improvement. And at the point I dropped 43 pounds, he said he would do the surgery. Even if I hadn't gotten to the point he wanted me to, he was, we're going to do this. So New Year's Eve, 2020, it's going into 2021. What a, what a time to be in the hospital, man. 
they did my first hip surgery, and I went to a meeting from my hospital bed. Yeah, I didn't have my Zoom camera on, but I was there because I owe everything to this program. Um, and everything that happens is too shall pass. Um, my, uh, my hips were really the biggest thing, but I was borderline on all of my other numbers. Um, you know, I was borderline on cholesterol, cholesterol, diabetes, you know, all sorts of things. So my I've got my blood work due next week, so I'll have these numbers updated here in about a couple weeks. But my triglycerides went from 112 to 68. Total cholesterol went from 240 to 170. My blood pressure went from 140 over 90 to 118 over 73. LDL is from 165 to 110. I am no longer morbidly obese. And I am so grateful. Um, and the spiritual part of this is I'm learning to do God's will. My church calls it walking in the spirit. And I just call it being open to God. You know, like today, it's like I am so grateful for the reminder to be here, to share my experience, strength, and hope, and to have my, a loving family that's really supportive. You know, after 22 years of trying to browbeat my son, my oldest son, into doing things the way I need them to do, he came to me with a problem, and I listened. I gave a suggestion or two. I didn't tell him what to do. And later that night, he goes, Mom, I really thank you for listening. And you're right. Things will work out for themselves. And that was just, oh, my God. You know, total miracle that I have gotten my relationships back with my family. Um, so, and that's the thing with program is I have to do this every day because that's all I get one day. I'm finishing up two more sentences. I maintain my absence and for that I'm grateful. I need to work it so I can get out of it. It works if you work it. So, and that's what I got from finding a sponsor and following directions. Thank you for letting me be your speaker tonight.